Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And today, we are going to be talking about Easter, because by the time you're listening to this, it's already happened. Yeah. But it opens up some interesting conversation pieces. Uh, There's a lot of views on Easter. And you may have heard the view that it is essentially a pagan holiday. And we want to get into that today. So we're going to do that, but right after a word from these sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay. So, Randy, um, we were sitting around the office trying to figure out what our next fun topic might be. And I believe you actually threw this one in the ring. I might have. Yeah. Well, no, you proposed something else. I said, but it's going to be Easter. Is that going to work? And right. then you're like, why yeah, don't we just talk about, you know, Easter? It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had never actually <laughs> studied that before, but I had heard Easter is a pagan holiday that comes from Ishtar. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all seen the uh, the Facebook uh, meme or or you've seen it shared in some capacity um, where there is, I think I had it actually pulled up here. Let's see if I can do it again. Can I do it? Can I do it? Yes, I can. Um, there's the, there was this picture. I remember seeing this literal one I'm looking at right now, uh, probably 10 years ago on Facebook. Okay. And, uh, it's a picture of a statue of Ishtar. Gotcha. And it, yeah. it, it's just a bunch of text superimposed over that picture, but it says, this is Ishtar pronounced Easter. <laughs> Easter was originally the celebration of Ishtar, the Assyrian and Babylonian goddess of fertility and sex. Her symbols, like the egg and the bunny, were and still are fertility and sex symbols. Or did you actually think eggs and bunnies had anything to do with the resurrection? After Constantine decided to Christianize the empire, Easter was changed to represent Jesus. But at its roots, Easter, which is how you pronounce Ishtar, is all about celebrating fertility and sex. Interesting. And you can imagine, for most Christians reading that, that's a little unnerving. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Easter is like the Christian holiday. Christmas been taken over and it's it's commercialized, but Easter is still ours. Right. Or is it? 
Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to go like, uh, oh man, Bill Johnson here and say like, this is the, you know, all the gifts of the spirit have been taken by the new age. So now we have to take all the new age blessings back. So you just reclaim new ageism in the name of Jesus. You know, that's not good. (laughs) We don't want to do that. So if Easter is legitimately pagan, we want nothing to do with it. Right. Well, at least the way it's celebrated today, right? For because, sure, yeah, Because yeah, the yeah. message behind Easter is still what well, the resurrection, right? Right, right. 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 We right. would celebrate we Resurrection would ce- Day, Exactly, maybe. exactly. Yeah. So let's let's dig into this thing about Easter and see what this is all about. Why don't we start with the name Ishtar? Ishtar, let's do it. First of all, she's not Assyrian, she's Akkadian. Uh, yes, uh, but then she's got her Sumerian counter- counterpart, Inanna. Yeah. Which is just fun to say. Exactly. And then what's my name? Is that how that goes? I have no clue. I don't even know. I'm sorry if I'm singing that song and it's like bad because I don't even remember. I think you may be having a stroke. I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. Um, Yeah. But uh, she is uh, kind of equated to Venus in the in the Greek pantheon and Aphrodite and or maybe it's Aphrodite in the Greek and Venus in the Roman pantheon. Uh, she is certainly a goddess of sex. She's a goddess of rain. Uh, she is a goddess who partook of and generated both life and death. Mm. So she's the goddess of childbirth. Uh, she's the goddess of death. So, yeah. She, she's also like, that. it's interesting you mentioned that part. Like, the it, it's almost like, Am I saying this right? Would this be the right word? Juxtaposition, like like yeah. things yeah, yeah, put yeah. at right. indifference towards each other. So like like contradictory things. Yeah. Like she's the goddess of starting fires and quenching the fire. Yeah. Or like rejoice and tears. Right. Yeah. 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 So so yeah. it's yeah. so it's like this weird conundrum. Kind of a duality, yeah. 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 But Nowhere is she associated with eggs that I could find out. Oh man! Uh, so let's dig into that. I mean, so you you mentioned a few of the things that she's uh, referenced with. Yeah, what'd you find? So she uh, let's see here. So she's identified with storehouses, like like of the storing of things, yeah. um, dates like the fruit, wool, meat, grain. Rain and thunderstorms. And so, like, that's I, everything. I like this chick. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just, just all, the, mean, all the stuff. Yeah, she's yeah. just, yeah, she's got whatever. Like, yeah, you want some food? Cool. You need rain? I can do that. You know, like, it's just all of it. Um, the problem with that is there's not, like, this consistent, like, oh, yeah, she's the fertility goddess. Right. Well, it's like. Right. She's that and a plethora of other right, things. Right. Like she's kind of like a catch-all character. She is frequently the consort of the main god. Right. So she's the queen of heaven figure. She the queen of heaven. Yeah, we right. were just reading a book of Jeremiah. Actually Jeremiah talks about that in chapter 7 then again in chapter 44. But uh it's to talk about how Israel was worshiping the queen of heaven, and they shouldn't be. And this was now when Israel was in Egypt. 
they had now fled from Babylon, who was, uh, uh, I think at this time, uh, they had uh, uh, taken uh, Judah captive. They were going in exile. And Jeremiah was with the supporters of the assassins of Governor Jedaliah. And uh, they fled to Egypt. All, all the book in the in in all of the book of Jeremiah, he never has a positive thing about to say about Egypt. So where do they take him? They kidnap him and they take him to Egypt, and that's where Jeremiah spends the rest of his life. Uh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, so uh, we have this figure probably uh, related to Ashtarot. Yeah. In uh, Palestine, who is the consort of Baal. So, uh, so Astro, I mean, that would be Ashura. That's the Ashura poles. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it seems like it's a, a one character, at least, or like one kind of like spirit. Same you can do with Baal, right? Like you can yeah. transfer Baal to Zeus to right. Right. Uh, Marduk to you know like right, he, he's right, all right. the kind he's the lightning god he, it's raw not, it's not one to one there are differences in each in each nation the way they identify him and the way they worship him but by and large yeah Baal is the king of the gods in Palestine Marduk the king of the gods in Babylon Zeus the king of the gods in Rome Greece raw to the Egyptians right yeah and then you've got the same thing happening with Ishtar and Nana. Astarte, right, and right, Ashura. and there's a relationship between between those. It's names. not always going to be one for one, but no. it's the same idea. Now, uh, when we brought this up, you mentioned Esther, the Book of Esther, and is mm, is mm, her mm, name? Mm, 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 mm. Uh, Ooh, yeah, I don't and it is know. not. I do. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I didn't even not. look into that. Yeah, there is no uh, connection between the name Esther. And Ishtar or Asherah or Ashtarot. Instead, Esther either comes from the Babylonian word for young woman, which is stri. Okay. Or the Babylonian Babylonian word for star, which is stare. So Esther is one Got of those it. two. Yeah. She really has nothing whatsoever to do with Ishtar. Um so the the Esther reference I was making is not E S T H E R oh. that we're familiar with, right? And it would probably be Ostra, is the probably the like Germanic pronunciation, well, and that is more appropriate. Well, kinda because the, what I'm referencing right now, we there's so much to hash out here, <laughs> and we know where we're going. I know, but the the one I'm referring to is made mention by St. Bede in uh, in his right. writings. And that's like the 8th century, right? Yeah, 672 through 735. 7th century. Yeah. Um, and so he writes about Ostra, or Estra, however you want to say it, but it's E-O-S-T-R-E. Okay. Um, and he makes the claim that this is a goddess who in whose honor feasts were celebrated in this month. Right. Um, the problem is not. It doesn't really check out that there's really no reference of this before him stating it. Right. 
And all the historians afterwards point out, well, he does kind of make the claim that this is his thought. That this isn't like this isn't like a stake in the ground, like this is factual. Right. And so there's really not enough evidence to say like, oh, this is true, so much as this dude's just saying it's true. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um so that's worth pointing out. So so it is Esther in a way. It's just not the same spelling or even the not, same. Not the biblical person. Well, it's Esther. not even the same culture. Right. I mean, yeah. we're talking ancient world versus Germanic peoples right. thousands of years right. later. Right. So, yeah. And, and that's what a lot of this is going to boil down to as well. Right? Like Ishtar, Ishtar and Easter – like they kind of sound alike, but but they come from totally different languages completely, and that's important, right? You like you just talked about how the name Esther, which you would think might be connected to the word yeah. Ishtar, but it's not, not even close, not even close, yeah. not even close. So, yeah, it's I don't know, there, there's definitely a language barrier here. Just because words sound the same does not mean they have anything they to do come with each other, from each other right? So right. It's it is uh, pretty much a consensus that Easter does not develop from uh, the pagan goddess Ishtar, right? And so we have to really look into the fact that the term Easter, well, Easter as we're familiar with it today, and we're kind of jumping out of the name for a second here, right, but like just right. the celebration of Easter today, that doesn't really show up until the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13th century, I think. Right. And I want to go ahead and give credit where credit's due. Uh, If you guys have never seen the Inspiring Philosophy YouTube channel, go and check that dude out. He's great. And he's popping up everywhere right now because people are realizing he's just got a wealth of knowledge and he's super funny. Um, But he does a lot of like YouTube shorts and TikTok shorts, whatever, you know. Cool. But uh, he kind of gave me my starter info on this. And then I started digging on it, and it just seems like everybody that has actually studied this is just in general consensus with each other. Yeah. On all this stuff. So, so where does the name Easter come from? Okay. So um, it seems that in – like the – you know, we, we call it Easter in English and in the Germanic languages. Right. Would even refer to it that way because – uh, in the springtime, there is a month in Germanic tradition called, uh, let's see here, Ostarum. Uh, Ostaramanoth. Okay. Ostaramanoth. Uh, it's probably similar. It root. probably comes from Ostarum. Yeah. Uh, Ostaramanoth is a month in that time. And so it's probably likely that since the uh, the Passover – was celebrated during that time, or, you know, some people would call it the, the Pascha, which would be Aramaic. Pasqua. And then yeah. you've got uh, the Pesach, which is going to be Hebrew, right? right? Um, and, and, and if you look a lot of the time, the way Easter has been referred to throughout history has been the, the Pascha. Right, right, right. Well, Spanish, Easter is Pascua. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So um, this probably got celebrated in that month. Yeah. Of Ostarmanoth. Okay. And if you look at the spelling of Ostarmanoth, it's E-O-S-T-R-E. Right. Manoth. 
right? M-O-N-A-T-H. So they Which probably would be month. <laughs> Right, right. So it's Easter month. Yeah. Is really what it's boiling down to here. Um and so now I do believe though there is some kind of uh connection between Ostra, right? We already talked about that. That right. Saint Bede talked about this goddess right, of Ostra, right, right? Right, right. The 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 part that's being contested there isn't whether or not there's a goddess named Ostra. It's that the Easter is connected to that. That's the part exactly, that historians yeah. are saying there's no support there's no for that. There's no indication of that anywhere. But if that freaks you out as a listener and you're like, well, I don't – I mean if if we're naming this holiday after a month named after a goddess, you know, something I love that this dude from Inspiring Philosophy said. He's like, well, you're all pagan for celebrating the 4th of July because that is dedicated to the Roman god emperor Julius Caesar and <laughs> you're a, a god when he dies. Right, right. And so it's like – well, wait, yeah. What? So I think that kind of gets us into the question of, you know, like, what do you do with the months? Right. I yeah. mean, if, if this yeah. is if this is the filter we're going to apply to Easter, well, Easter's evil because of the name, right. and the name is the name of a goddess because, well, it's the name of a month that's named after a goddess. Well, we do that with all of our months, and with all of the days of the week, all the days of the week. How could you operate in our culture today without recognizing those names? Right. We do it all the time, but we're not worshiping those deities. No. We no. don't care about them. They yeah. mean nothing. It's just a name. It's a day of a week. And so you kind of have to ask yourself, like, is is something being named after something truly evil? There are apostles in the Bible named after gods in the Roman True. pantheon. Yeah. Apollos. Right. What are you going to do with that? Right. He's a great brother in, in the faith. He doesn't yeah. change his name. His name is Apollos. That is the god of war. Apollyon, right? right? So is he evil? No. No. It's just his name. And it doesn't mean anything as long as you don't let it mean anything. This kind of gets back to that first Corinthians argument of, you know, meat sacrifice to gods. You know, to one man it may be, it may mean something, but to you it doesn't have to because it's just meat. Right. You know, you're not worshiping that God. It's just whatever. Right. Right. So I think we have to bring that into the, the system here. One of the things that I read uh, seems to indicate that uh, the the early church didn't really celebrate Easter. They celebrated Passover. They would hold a Passover feast. Well, I mean, the argument here, though, is that they're kind of one and the same. But the because the of Pascha. what Jesus does on the Passover. Right. That yeah. the Christian tradition adopted the elements of the Passover with the resurrection. Right. We as Christians today have Seder meals we and we celebrate that. the resurrection. Yeah. 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 You know, like we can see it in its full scope, whereas the Jew only got a piece of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of other um, days that we celebrate around the Easter tradition. Uh, Lent, for example. So Lent starts with Ash Wednesday. This is 40 days, I guess. I guess you don't actually count Sundays. So it goes back 40 days from whenever Easter is, and it starts on a Wednesday. So it starts with Ash Wednesday. And Lent is intended to be a time of penance, 
time when you would think about your sin and confess your sin and repent of your sin. It's supposed to mimic Jesus in the wilderness, right? For the 40 days, like resisting temptation. Is that a piece of it? Well, I mean, that's how I've always understood or how I've been explained it. Um, I wasn't raised Catholic, so I don't really have a great understanding of that. Yeah, but the Catholic Church isn't the only one that celebrates that. No, they definitely started it. Oh, well, yeah. well, I don't want to yeah. say started it. They definitely monopolized it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> one of the things, uh, what are you going to give up for Lent? Uh, you know, it, it, it's associated with um, fasting, with penance, with repentance, with recognizing your sin. Well, every time you see 40 days in the Bible, there's always this... There's a meaning. Well, well, well every time it happens, you think like the flood, mm-hmm. right? 40 so, years in the wilderness. 40 years in the wilderness with the the Israelites right. walking around, relying on God yep. to, to take care of them and give them food. Noah's in the ark and he's being sustained by God right. keeping him safe. And then you've got Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And this is days. not biblical, but you will hear a lot of people ask if uh, Adam and Eve were in the garden for 40 days. And I, there's no reason to think that, that. Okay. but, but I've heard people suggest that. I don't know why, but that, that has nothing to do with it. You think it's just interesting, but um, yeah. So there's this idea of like total dependency on God yeah. is related to these 40 days. So, you know, whether it's Jesus's temptation or it's the desert or it's, you know, Noah on the ark. Right, it's like, right. it's this time of, we need you, God. Yeah, we are, get, yeah. we, we, we can't do anything of ourselves, you know? Right. So you give up for it. Right. You give something yeah. up for it. Yeah. Um, Palm Sunday. Uh, Sunday before uh, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, we commemorate Jesus entering Jerusalem. It's, it's, I don't know why we developed that tradition and then we preach from the same passage of scripture each year and pretty much say the same thing because this the scripture says one thing there. right 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 <laughs> um monday and tuesday aren't really mentioned all that much in holy week but you do have the holy week uh you get to thursday and it's called monday thursday do you know why it's called Monday Thursday? I never knew that. No. So Monday relates to the Latin word mandarum, commandment. So it's talking about the Last Supper when Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, oh. love one another. So every time we talk about Monday Thursday, we're actually saying we need to learn to love one another. That's interesting. I think it's cool, too. Yeah, that that we celebrate that day by picking out one portion of it, but man, that's a that's a huge thing. Uh, this is the new commandment: love one another. Kind of distinguishes who it is that we're supposed to be. Yeah. So you got Good Friday. Do you have any reason why it's called good? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, it's the day our sins were nailed to the cross. That's pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of sadness that goes with it. Yes. But it gets really good, you know, three days later. Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we kind of nail those things down. But the actual date in which the church celebrates Easter, it's been somewhat controversial. It was not always on a Sunday. Hmm. Uh, they would Sometimes they would figure uh, based on the lunar calendar and then they'd move forward like nine days and that was... That was uh, the day of the resurrection, whether it was a Tuesday or a Thursday or or a Sunday. Hmm. But then the church said, no, no, no. Uh, scripture says he, he rose on the first day of the week. So we're going to remember that. And we're going to celebrate it on Sunday. But the Eastern Church and the Western Church disagreed on how to figure it. So the Eastern Church, which today is represented by the Orthodox churches, celebrate Easter a week later than Catholic and Protestant churches. So Orthodox Easter is coming up when you hear this. And we got to be careful with that term, Orthodox. Uh, Orthodoxy is the, the basics, the fundamentals of Christianity, Right. But there is actually a church. Well, just like Catholic right. does not just refer to the Roman Catholic Church. It means right. universal. Right. Therefore, all Protestants would say, yes, I'm we are all part church. of the Catholic Church, yeah. but we are not part of the Roman Catholic Church. Right. Just as the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Greek Orthodox Church, the Russian, Russian Orthodox, Orthodox Church, Ukrainian Orthodox, you, you name it. Yep. That is all kind of it there was a divide in the catholic church it, it's the great schism right yeah. the, the the church split and so then you had the roman catholic kind of church and, west, and the eastern right. orthodox church right and so just understand when we talk about orthodoxy we are not saying we are part of the orthodox church we are we just believe in the orthodoxy of tradition right or, or, right. or of right. scripture sorry right. Of, right. of christianity so the orthodox church celebrates Easter a week later than we do. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I actually don't think I knew that until a couple of years ago. I uh, I made friends with a guy that's in the Eastern Orthodox okay. Church or Greek Orthodox Church. I mean, I guess they're all kind of connected, but they're connected. Um yeah, he uh he he mentioned that and it kind of blew my mind. I didn't even realize that was a thing. So, um you talked about Lent yeah. A little bit. Sorry, am I cutting you off from nope. where you were trying to go? Okay. Nope, 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 we're, nope. We're just kind of laying out all the groundwork of Easter there. Right. As yeah. it is biblically right. for the most part, right? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. There, there's a little bit of tradition mixed in there. A lot of this is tradition. I mean, it has a, roots in the Bible. Sure, but, but you were kind of given exactly the why. But it's not the Bible says, uh, celebrate my resurrection. No, <laughs> what's important is that we address the why behind the things. Because exactly. That, because that's why these holidays are important is that right. we remember right. is that right. we we are affected by it emotionally uh and spiritually and then our actions carry out that change in us right 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 so you mentioned lent yeah and getting back to our whole like you know is this whole shebang evil is easter right. as yeah, it yeah, is celebrated yeah. today is it evil is it pagan um rabbits and eggs we got to go yeah, down now that those route. are symbols those are symbols yeah. that 
They're not the only ones. Uh, I came up with uh, five different symbols, the candle, uh, sunrise services, lilies, eggs, Mm -hmm. bunnies. So we can talk about each one of those. Yeah. So, I mean, did you want to talk about Lent and say something different about Lent? Well, or? I'm going to, I'm going to tie that in with the eggs. Oh, um, okay. So, but, oh yeah. But, it, yeah, but yeah. it might be good to kind of hang out on this for a second, you know, cause the whole question is, are these things symbols of Ishtar? Are, are rabbits and eggs symbols right. of Ishtar? Right. Yeah. Are those things related to her? Well, we named you a laundry list of things related to Ishtar. You can also relate like the lion and the crescent moon. There there are other big symbols that tie to her, but none of them are eggs or rabbits. Right. None of them. Yeah. You don't see it anywhere throughout history. It's nowhere to be found. Right. Yet we've got this narrative that we push that, oh, yes, that's totally her. And it's like it it just isn't. There's no – no way of seeing that throughout history. No way of seeing that, uh, especially in biblical times. Like we just mentioned, this doesn't come around until the Germanic period, until until like Middle Ages exactly. kind of era, right? Yeah. So the question is, where do these things come from if that's the case? So eggs, because that relates here. It's super interesting. So you're not – I mean traditionally during Lent – you weren't allowed to eat animal products. So that would be meat. Would that be the Daniel fast? Uh, yeah, it would. So it people would. people would Daniel do the Daniel fast. fast during Lent. And they still do today. So lot. it would be no meat, no dairy. <clears throat> right. No eggs. But hard-boiled eggs last, especially if you like preserve <laughs> them somehow, right? Right. And so what would happen is by the time they would get through Lent and they would get to Easter Sunday, when they're going to actually celebrate the Passover or the resurrection, I should say, they're going to celebrate the resurrection. Now they're allowed to eat animal products and the animal products wouldn't have lasted, but the hard boiled eggs would. (laughs) And so you got these eggs. And the chickens are still laying the eggs every day. It's constant. So as long as you're cooking them, I mean, even if you had the last week's worth of eggs and you had stored them in salt or vinegar or something, they could last for a very long time. So you, they're serving up these eggs that they've stored up for at least a week or two probably. And now you got a bunch of eggs to eat on Easter. Yeah. That is one explanation of where eggs come from. And honestly, that's that seems to be where historians tend to land on this. I found that in Encyclopedia Britannica. There you so, go. you know, that's a pretty authoritative uh, uh, source. And it also said that they would decorate them because of the joy of celebrating the resurrection. Okay. I did, see, I didn't see anything about that, but that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. I mean, especially you're trying to entertain your kids. Have you ever seen what, like, at Christmas they used to give kids? They give you some, like, plums. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Here's some walnuts. An apple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Like, you know, kids were entertained a whole lot easier back Where's in the day. Where's my Xbox? Here, here, here's some, here's some dyes. Dye this, this egg. Enjoy, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. that makes sense. But they would. Why, yeah. Why not? They, yeah, absolutely. Um... The other thing is uh, rabbits. Rabbits? Okay, okay. Before we get to rabbits, what about the Easter egg hunt? Oh, I didn't look up this at all. I did. Okay. Do you know where the Easter egg hunt started? No. Lucy Hayes. 
Lucy is the wife of Rutherford B. Hayes, President of the United States. This is post-Civil War, before uh, the turn of the 20th century, so it's around 1878. Okay. Rutherford B. Hayes is the president, and his wife says, hey, we have all of these hard-boiled eggs that people are saving up and eating at Easter. Bring them to the White House, and we will roll them on the garden the White House garden before we eat them. Okay. And they did, and it became like a tradition. So fast forward a hundred years, and the Easter egg hunt becomes a big part of the tradition. So the Easter egg hunt isn't pagan, it's just Christian nationalist. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Whatever. We're all gonna be doing care. this, so yeah. uh let's Let's get together and do it together. I mean, dude, it's harmless. It's fun. Like, why not? Like, let the kids. And, you know, how many people get a step foot on the White House lawn? That must have been a big deal back in the day, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, Well, it's actually a bigger deal today than it was back then. Yeah. You ever just see the, like, Secret Service dudes just, like, chilling in the bushes? You don't really see them, but they're there. (laughs) You know they're there. Did you know Ulysses uh, S. Grant was arrested when he was president? Why? For speeding on his horse. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I believe it. A cop stopped him uh, and and said, I'm going to give you a warning, but you're going too fast. You have to walk your horse in the city. Next day he was out and he was galloping again because Grant was an excellent horseman. Hmm. And uh, he was in a hurry, so the cop stopped him again, and he said, I'm sorry, I have to arrest you. He says, oh, that's your duty. Go ahead. You know, that policeman <laughs> tried to give him warning, he but did. he said, he did. nay. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I'm working on my dad jokes. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, need him one yeah, day. You're getting there. I'm going to need him one there. day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, something, something, one horsepower. I don't know. You know <laughs> like, uh, so now, rabbits. <laughs> rabbits. Where do rabbits come this from? This one's a whole lot more underwhelming. It's springtime. That's when rabbits really start to kind of come out. Yep. You don't really see them in the winter. They're kind of there, but they're hiding. A lot of them are burrowed. They're not doing it. Springtime is when every, like, life starts to thrive again. And right. so rabbits are just like a symbol for that. So guess what? Rabbits come out in the USA, but they don't all across the world. So in Switzerland, you know who brings the eggs? Who? The cuckoo. <laughs> Really? The cuckoo bird brings the Easter eggs. So this is more of an Americanized version. The, the might rabbit. be more than American, but yeah. In Western least... Germany, there's an area called Westphalia, Northwest Germany. Yeah. The fox brings the eggs. Okay, so the animal changes Australia. from culture to culture. It does. But it's always an animal that comes out in the spring. It comes out in the spring. Yeah. Okay. Either because it's been hibernating or because well, they've just gotten back so from their Florida vacation, right? They that just deflates the whole out. Ishtar thing even more. Oh, yeah. Because that just shows, well, it's not even the whole world that does rabbits. And the cuckoo and the fox are not particularly symbols of fertility. reproduction and no, fertility. No, so a fox is a symbol of cunning and yeah. like being sly, you know? And, and a cuckoo is just, just obnoxious. This is when they come out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
this obnoxious thing with eggs. That makes more sense. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be a cuckoo with its eggs? Sure. That makes way more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So, okay. Point being, the animal, depending on which culture you're in, changes. Right. And it's always a symbol for spring. So your eggs come from Lent because they lasted through Lent. And then everybody ate them on on that Sunday yeah. because now yeah. we're allowed to have yeah. animal products again. The rabbit or the fox or the cuckoo or whatever it is where you're from is a symbol for springtime. And the name Easter seems to come from the fact that it is a holiday that took place in, in the, month the month of, of Easter. Ostra uh, what is it? <laughs> Ostramanath. Yeah. Ostramanath. Yeah, whatever. But uh, another symbol of Easter that uh it's it's tied to just what comes in springtime the easter lily hmm. the lily is the first flower to kind of bloom yep and it's what i read was um what i read was kind of preachy but it said uh, the easter is an ugly bulb that you bury in the ground and it brings forth this beautiful flower. All of that is certainly true. I don't know if it's because it's ugly and it brings a, a nice, pretty flower. Or just the fact that April is the time that lilies bloom. Yeah, but I mean, think about how much of a symbol the spring is for what Christ did. Definitely. You take this, I mean, he died. And so they put his dead body into the ground, just as you would put this bulb Right. This non-living thing into right. the ground. And then, you know, three days later, Christ is resurrected. In springtime, you have the resurrection sim right. symbolized through the new growth, through yep. life budding up out of the dead you of winter. see it Yeah, it, it's a visual representation of Christ overcoming death. The Easter candle. Now, I have never really caught that symbol. I'm Easter not familiar with the Easter candle, no. candle. But apparently the first recorded in instance of an Easter candle was 384. So this would have been back when they were still celebrating Passover. But they used the candle. Now there were lamps that were lit during Passover. But apparently in the Christian church, they began to light a candle. It's a symbol of light in the darkness. Well, that's appropriate. Yeah. That makes absolute sense. And then the other symbol that I had is something that uh, I remember. I don't know if you ever had one, but sunrise service. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Did your church do them? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So did so did my dad's church, which is interesting. I always refer to that as my dad's church, not as my church when I was young. But um, we would actually take folding chairs, put them outside. Which, because of where our church was, meant that we were sitting in the cemetery, <laughs> and there would be fold-up tables, and the ladies would bring pancakes, breakfast casseroles. Uh, we'd have about a 30-minute service, just as the sun is rising. Then we'd eat breakfast together. Then we'd go to church. It was fantastic. It was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always enjoyed Easter morning. It's it's very lively. 
Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. And there's something fun about that whole, like, uh, you know, he has risen. He has risen indeed. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. even though that's, like, not really part of our church tradition. Right. You can get up there and drop it and people will do it. Oh, they'll do it. Because they know it. it. It's just a thing, you know. Um, yeah, it feels good. Easter feels good. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Christianity should be all about feeling good, but it is nice sometimes to be rejuvenated and, and feel like, you know, this is another year of a fresh start and I can remember what Christ did for me. And I see it when I look around me, I see like winners put behind me, like things look, life springing forth from the ground and like, that's cool. Um, with all that said, okay, we got we got to kind of get down to the application here. I think, right? Okay. One more thing about all this, all this information about Ishtar and all this about Easter being a pagan holiday. All this information really comes from, like I said, Saint Bede wrote about this. I think there was one other dude wrote about this a little bit. One of another, you know, writer from. The same time period, like okay. 600, 700, okay. somewhere in there. But most of what people now say about Easter, that it's that it's pagan, comes from this guy named uh, Alexander Hislop. And he wrote a book. Well, I think he's, he's, he's quoted in a book called The Two Babylons. That's how I understand okay. it. Okay. But historians disapprove of his work because they say it's baseless. That there is okay. no, there's no foundation upon which all these claims are built. But now we've got all these pastors, all these Christians preaching on this, spreading the word about this because they've heard it and they came from a reputable source because they trust the person that told them right. and the person right. that heard it, you know, that told them, well, they trusted the person that told them. But the problem is when you really dig into this stuff, there is no reason to believe no. it. It, it's no more pagan than the fact that we have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that right. we've got January, February, March. I mean, right. you know, like, like we've got tons of paganism worked into our day-to-day lives, and we don't bat an eye at it because that's not worship. We know right. that. Right. And so I think the question here is the worry is that you're unintentionally worshiping a pagan deity right. by celebrating something like this. Right. But biblically, you can't unintentionally worship a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you choose what you do. That is an intentional act. Right. Like, And that's not to say, like, I mean, we sin without recognizing that we sin, but it's because we want it in our nature. Yeah. We want to We want to do what's wrong. We want to, you know, idolize things. But we that's want, different. But that's different. Like, this is talking about a Christian accidentally worshiping another god well you're not worshiping another god unless you're deciding you're going to worship another god right right like i mean we have to be really careful because this can turn into like fundamental legalism really quick yeah and it's putting a box around us that christ has tried to set or christ has set us free from you get to decide whether or not you stay in that box um with all that said, if it's on your conscience and you just absolutely can't bring yourself to, you know, celebrate the the day of Easter and you just want to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and you don't want to call it Easter and you don't want to hunt eggs and you don't want to talk about bunnies, that's fine. That's fine. That's yeah. absolutely fine. 
but you have to recognize that your brothers and sisters in Christ are not worshiping right. some ancient deity that has nothing to do with these claims. They are not sinning they're because not sinning. they're letting their kids uh, hunt for Easter eggs. Right. And, the, and I think moreover is when we get really tied up on stuff like this, we we set our sights so deeply on on like well is christian or is christmas pagan is is easter pagan you know what holidays should you should you or shouldn't you celebrate that we forget the day-to-day -day stuff yeah. that we should be paying attention to like not being prideful and loving right. your neighbor yeah. and like you know like it it's just funny like we we want these like these simple these simple rules like, don't just don't celebrate Easter or, you know, just don't celebrate Christmas. It's like right. life's really much more complex than that. Yeah. And yeah. these things really are not an issue unless you are literally somehow intentionally celebrating some kind of pagan ritual here. I don't know how I could Stop possibly it. be saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the other things that I think it does uh, bring up for us is the importance of um, – understanding why we do the things we do. Yeah. Um, where does this come from? What does it mean? So having hard-boiled eggs on Easter, that's, you know, who cares? I don't particularly like hard-boiled eggs, but. Well, you're wrong, but that's a... <laughs> <laughs> they're great. Now deviled eggs, oh, that's totally different well, story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but when we have a right, when we have a a uh, something that we do for a religious reason, there should be an element of education with that. We should be saying, now the reason we do this is because of that. Absolutely. This is what it means. This is what it means to us. If we did that, we wouldn't be where we are today with people claiming that Easter is a pagan holiday. We just had a great conversation with our new friend, John, from another podcast. He's from uh, the City Square podcast mm -hmm. out of uh, Texas. And uh, we we got talking about that, too. Like, I mean, like... We did. Liturgy is for, for teaching, yes. for understanding. And so, like, I think Easter can be part of your understanding. Springtime could be a part of your liturgy. To walk outside and, and teach your kids... That look, do you see how the winter and all the dead things have passed away and now life is coming up out of the ground? That's what Jesus did for yep. us. We were dead on the inside, but then he he died on our behalf. And right. that if we believe in him, just like he raised from the grave, he raises us to new life, just like these little plants are spread, sprouting out of that dead ground. Like you can use these things to teach the you truth of God. Can. And do it on a regular basis. Do yes, it every year. Absolutely. So that your kids look forward to it. Hey, when are we going to take that walk? When are we going to see the plants growing? <laughs> yeah. I think the other takeaway here is don't just take people's word for stuff. Right. And look, we say this till we're blue in the face from the pulpit. Like, don't just believe us because we said something. Go look it up. Go dig into it. Go, look for – I loved the, uh, the inspiring philosophy that, that they um, – landed on this point, but they said, show me a primary source 
Don't just uh, don't give me a blog. Right. Don't give me just right. some some guy that wrote an article and never gave you where he found his information. Right. No, where did he find his information? Right. How far back does this go? If the earliest you've got of this stuff is the Middle Ages, well, that obviously it doesn't connect right. to an ancient deity named Ishtar. Or you know worse, the earliest you can find of this is is from 1950. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, just timeline alone should tell you, right. wait, this obviously doesn't jive with what yeah. people have been saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, look into stuff. Don't just believe things because you've been told it. Um, yeah. I think we covered a lot here. Oh, we, we definitely covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we answered any questions. Yeah, but, uh, that's hopefully. That's hopefully. that's always the hope that yeah. somewhere <laughs> in our mindless rambling, you <laughs> you will find a little nugget that you, you can hold yeah. on to. Uh, you got anything else, man? No, no. Just wonder now if Salty Saints actually has a liturgy. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's something worth thinking about. Yeah. Right on. All right. I'll, I'll let you do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode. Uh, make sure to go check out our friends at lifeaudio.com. They got plenty of uh, podcasts over there for you uh, within the Christian sphere. So educational stuff. They got Bible studies. They've got, you know, how to read your Bible. They got stuff on, you know, just raising a family even. Um, so, so go over there. Check that out. Uh, they're great. We love them. Go and check out our new website, SaltySaintsPodcast.com. Make sure to send us your messages. Guys, I keep saying it. I have heard from like all but two of you, or no, just two of you, I should say. Uh, I want to hear from all of you. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what's going on in your life. We want to hear what you want to know because we're here for you. We don't do this just because, you know, it's fun, which it is, but... We're here for you. So please talk to us. You can send us uh, messages. You can send us voice messages even. I think that's really cool, and I mention it every time, so please somebody do it. But, um, yeah, go check that out. Send if, us prayer requests. Absolutely. We'll pray for you here online. Yes, and we've we've talked about that. We would love to get that going, uh, just, just hearing your prayers. And, you, you know, you can be as descriptive or, or as vague, vague as you want to be. Yeah. That's cool. But we, we'd love to be praying for you and with you. Um, if you got questions, you can also send those to questions at becomehope.com or you can send those to salty saints at becomehope.com. And until next time, stay salty. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.